What is up, my friends? Welcome to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where we hear real stories from real men living real lives. I'm your guide, Ned Shout. Fatherhood is not only about being a dad. It incorporates providing and serving a home, loving and serving a spouse, engaging and serving in a community, as well as intentionally serving your kiddos. Fatherhood is an adventure, one full of fun, wild, and most definitely, messy stories. I'm super excited for you to all meet my new friend, Matt Boudreau. He is a father, husband, and a longtime educator. He is shaking up the status quo. You could say he's rebelling in the education space. In 2015, he gave a TEDx in Santa Cruz on the opportunities he saw in our educational system. Since then, he has launched an Acton school in the Sacramento area and has plans to open more. He is an intentional human being striving every day to make the world a better place for our children. Enjoy this conversation with Matt Boudreau. And if you dig it, please share it because we want to spread the word that fatherhood matters. All right, welcome to Fatherhood Field Notes. Super pumped to be talking to Matt Boudreau about fatherhood. What's up, man? How are you? It's so good, man. Yeah. It's fun getting to hang out with you. I know. We've yeah, talked a that, few times, yeah. but it's always kind of been about a question or something we're working on, not necessarily just hanging out and yeah, really getting and to getting know to chat. what matters to you. Yeah, for sure, man. And I think I told you when we did get to meet around a question uh, prior to that I had heard your name uh, years ago. Probably watching The Simpsons. And I, I say, <laughs> I'm just Ned confused Flanders. on what it is. Yeah. yeah. No, I heard your name years ago as a guy who was really good at just connecting with people. Um, I think it was in uh, the context of kind of the youth pastor mm, arena okay. too. Was good with connecting with kids and was a good speaker and just kind of this all around good dude. So right um, it's been nice, the, you know, the last few months to get to know you a little more. So yeah, well, yeah. here we are, yeah. stoked, yep. stoked to talk about fatherhood because yeah, I, I know you'll have a lot of good stuff to say. Mm. You know, so just for people to kind of get to know who you are. I'm going to just blast you with a few questions. Okay. So they Please. can build some context. Number one is how long have you been growing your beard for? Man, this is, so it's not quite as, as luscious as yours. <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, this may be a, maybe a month with a lot of trimming. I kind of, if I shave and then flex really hard, like it starts it to grow back, back really fast. Yes. yes I can go awesome. zero to Al Qaeda really fast. Now does your wife like your beard or no? No, sir. Really? Yeah, she doesn't. She likes the way it looks. Um, not how it feels. But that's correct. Mm, yeah, yeah, she does not. So it's so uh, it's a touching, yeah. it's a touchy thing. Because my other good buddy just had he had his beard for like two or three years, okay. and his wife finally was like, you know, I've been telling you it's gone, and I'm like, just looks like a boy now. Yes. And my wife won't let me shave my beard. Now I don't know how to feel about this, yeah. but she's told me that I look more manly with it. Yep. So the problem I yep. have with that is what does that mean about when I don't when have you it? don't have yeah. it, I totally I feel <laughs> so like totally get what it. did you think you were married to the last, you know, thirteen years before I had the beard? Right. Doesn't change. No, I know, man. I totally get it. So I've inside I've I haven't had the beard really for almost our entire marriage. Okay. Um, you know, a little scruff here and there, but I haven't but inside me I've always and I've told her very much, I'm like, dude, I just I feel like a guy with a beard and I know I look vastly different. But I, I don't know. I don't know. So we'll, I'm not good. sure it's how it's going to play out, man. Thanks, man. Yeah. As white as it is, I'm still happy it's here, at least for a little while. Heck yeah. Yeah. All right. How old are you? <laughs> uh, 40. 40. Yeah, nice. Big 4-0. And how many years have you been married? We have, uh, this year we'll be 12 years married. 
and uh, been together for 15. All right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And how many kids do you guys have? And we got three. Got two girls and a boy, uh, nine and seven, and then my little man is four. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So under 10, living that. Three that, under 10. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Which is good stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's good. Oh. And then what do you do for a living to provide for the family? And I know we'll get into it a little bit more, but mm-hmm. maybe just give like the minute summary of what you do. Yeah. I always have a, a bunch of things going on, yeah. kind of that classic entrepreneur in that way. Um, my main thing, my my really my mission is it's not even my job is is building Acton Academy Placer. Um, so if you're not familiar, Acton Academy is a global network of schools that uh, it's a group of us that are essentially saying, look, we're going to complain about what schools look like by building something better. Yeah. Um, and and that's what we're really banding together to do. So I actually have the uh, largest Acton in the network here in in Roseville. Wow. Um, and we just purchased another campus in Sacramento, and so we'll be putting Sacramento campus, uh, we'll be getting uh, fall of 2021. That'll be open too. And, and we feel like we're going to probably put seven, eight, nine, ten 10 uh, around here in this area. So that wow. is my main thing, my main mission. Uh, I do quite a bit of speaking as well to, you know, Fortune 500s all over the world. So for what, what does that have? What is that? Yeah, and I kind of ended up being this to. tangential thing. I started out speaking in education. I've been in education okay. forever, right? And so um, it really just ended up being this organic thing where I was speaking to organizations, educational organizations, whether it's higher ed, districts, whatever. Um, and it kind of dovetailed where people were liking what I was saying. I was trying to create kind of this paradigm shift. I was rebelling against, you know, traditional yeah. ed, right? Um, and I had a company that said, look, I like what you're doing as far as this paradigm shift. Would you mind doing that with our research too, which is kind of, uh, it was similar because it was uh, about generations. It was about mm-hmm. how to connect with younger people, younger employees. How do you recruit? How do you retain them? Got it. Um, how do you lead them? What does that look like? How do you sell to them? How do you, right? They have a lot of research around that. Right. They said, would you come on board and, and um, start working with us and some of our clientele? So uh, I've been doing that for quite a while too, you know, over 300 keynotes the last the last six years. So it was a whole lot of plain time. Um, which 2020 has done a good job of making sure that I yeah. didn't do that anymore. So nice. Um, yeah, that's then, cool. That sounds that's exciting, and and uh, it just all fits together really well mm-hmm. with your mission yep. around education. Yep, absolutely. And everything that we do is is tangential. You know, I got the podcast too, of course, which we're lucky enough to just have you on, and and um, you know, the podcast is part of that outreach yeah. too. It's all for scholarships for kids, and um, you know, working on a virtual program and all. So it's all related to that mission, though. Yeah. 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 All right. So when you think about, you know, first having your kids and 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 them being toddlers and now elementary school, what has been some of the best resources to you? And maybe not, you know, not connected to education at all. Mm -hmm. Right. There might be this, you know, the thing about being a dad is it's a it's like a a level playing field. Right. So although you are teaching in this and you're in educate and education, you still are going to have some of those. I'm a dad now, right? Sure. And this is different. So what have been good resources, whether it's a book, whether it's a, um, a mentor? What do you think of when you, yeah. when you hear a resource for being a dad? One of the one of the interesting places, you know, you and I have, have talked before about um, kind of n- not having enough of a rite of passage for mm. dads, right? Not having enough of these males to look up to that kind of bring you into fatherhood and say, look, this is how you do it. And um, it was interesting that when we were talking about this before because I didn't mention it. I was looking – I definitely didn't have the that rite of passage. I definitely didn't have – what I had was – a father who actually wasn't a very good father. Mm. And in a weird way, that was, that's been one of my best resources. 
we have a guy that's going to be talking at, at the at the TEDx, and he's talking about, you know, we're, we have this theme of the hero's journey. And his whole take is like, man, I think a lot of times we respect the anti-heroes more. And he uses Batman and Joker mm. um, as the example. And he goes, man, Joker, I think, is even more committed to his mission. He just doesn't mind, you know, hurting some people along the way. But we all identify with kind of this anti-hero. Um in a lot of ways, my dad was almost that. He's kind mm. of the anti-dad Yeah, that has been a really good resource for me moving forward as a dad going, look, I remember this, so I'm going to do the complete opposite. you know. And I have this immense sense of gratitude, not just in general, but to him for that resource because in many ways it taught me how I want to be a dad. Yeah. Are you still connected to your dad? Not at all. We're not. Um, and that's, and that's okay. You know, and that's, um, he did get to meet, uh, my oldest too. Yeah. Um, you know, and didn't really have a relationship with them, but did get to meet them and, and everything was great there. And, and I don't, um, have any, you know, I harbor no ill will there and I want him to, you know, continue to battle his own demons. And, um, but I get to think back on the dad that I have. And I really do use that as almost my mentor guide of, okay, he kind of took it this way. So I'm going to go ahead and go, a, you know, a, a different direction. This is how I'm going to create this. Did this you always know that that's what you wanted? Did you know that you wanted something different than what you had? thousand percent. How? A thousand and, and like, percent. do you remember a time where you're like, it is not going to be like this a when I have tha- my own family? Man, it, that came so young. So my very first memory of my dad was being four years old and getting hit so hard across the chest that I flew back hmm. and slid across the floor. Right. Like that's my first memory of interaction with him. Yeah. The earliest memory that I have. So I remember very early on, um, you know, he was a, he was a prison guard. And and I remember a time when, when he called home to say he was going to be working a double. And I remember my mom telling me that and going, okay. And then going to my sister at the time and my brother, um, and I went, hey, dad's working a double. Like, that means he's not coming home tonight. And we all were like, yes. Mm. And I remember very early on, I was probably, man, I was probably eight years old, right? Nine years old yeah. when that happened. Yeah. And I remember going, wait a second, we're celebrating the fact that he's not coming. Boy, when I'm a dad, I want to make sure my kids don't feel like this. You know, I, I just, I remember very clearly thinking, yeah. man, it's got to look different. You know, so in a, in a weird way, though, I, I really do. I have so much gratitude for that because it has absolutely made me a, a better father, um, and which is weird to think of that as a resource. No, I mean, I but totally I get it. A, you know, uh, and I, I think that that's accurate for, for people. But it's like I would love to figure out how how to not more people use that mm-hmm. um, anti-hero motivation yep. to then become what they would hope for themselves you know you look around our culture so much of us it's like we're victims with our story versus letting our story empower us now clearly you're very disciplined right Mm -hmm. and so it's like maybe you have taken that i don't want to say negative energy but figured out how to channel it into something productive so my question is Uh, like how does somebody not just become a d-bag dad but they take that and then turn it into what they want, rebel and create. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I would love to, I look up to so many people. I have so many mentors in so many different areas and, and I would love to say, okay, look, here is your, here's your fancy answer of how you're going to do this. And here's the system that I found. And if I could do that and sell it for 1995 and everybody like, man, we'd, we'd be all set. Right. I, I very much lean towards, uh, 
something that a gentleman named Larry Rosenstock told me a long time ago. Larry is a phenomenal educator. He runs the high-tech, high network of schools down in the San Diego area. And one of the things that he told me years ago was that the complexity of humanity is allowed to be unleashed if the systems are simple. And then the reverse is also true, right? If you have these uh, complex systems of behavior, it's going to beget simple thought, simple actions. You know, you use the military. It's like a very complex organization, but ultimately what it builds is, is at least when you're going in, is a very simple yes sir, no sir, and I'm just going to yeah. follow orders, yeah. right? So I believe very much in that simplicity that I'm not going to become a D-bag dad based on whatever your – everybody's got bad stuff in their history. Everybody's got good stuff. It is literally the minute you make a choice. And it's not more complicated than that, right? How do you get – so we're doing this fitness challenge right now. Oh, how do you get up early? How do you get up? And I've always – I get up early. I've always gotten up early. Well, no, I, I didn't always when I was a – but at one point I, I decided, okay, this is just who I am now. Right. I get up. I'm a guy that gets up early to work out. And I made the choice. It's that when you make that choice, it's literally that simple. And then you make the choice again the next day. And then you make a choice. That's what discipline is. You make the choice again the next day, whether you feel like it or not. And it just becomes, that's who I am. Yeah. So that's, that's something I want to point in on is you made the comment. That's, that's who I am now. Yep. So, you know, you hear people say, I'm not a morning person or, and and fine, let's kick that one out. I'm not a reader. Yeah. I'm not this. Like literally life is just made up of choices, mm-hmm. one choice after another, yep. right? We, we have choices in front of us. Yep. So to say, I'm now this man who does this yep. and then just deciding yep. I am an intentional father. Bingo. So then I make the choice today and then I make it again tomorrow and I make it again tomorrow. Yep. Now, if you've made terrible choices for the last five years as a dad, yeah. it's not going to be one choice that helps you dig out of that hole. That's right. It's going to be a compound of choices, right? That's it. But you can do that if you choose to, and you're a man, let's, cause this is, we're talking to fathers here. Yep. It's already inside of you. You're already a warrior. Right. You're already a rebel. You're already a fighter. So just go make those choices. You know, yes. I think like we, we love the war movies to go see like, oh man, if I was in there, Oh, I'd be that guy who's mm. killing it like that mm. because there's this battle that we go, that's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing is, is, and it comes down like, how do you see your family as worth it or your life as worth it? Like, yeah, we're not in World War Three yet that we're yeah. all yeah, going man. to fight for something. Yeah. But if you could look at your family or your role as a father with that same intensity and the reward, mm. so great. It's like, dude, embrace Itch. that warrior inside of you. For sure. Dude, I love that you talk about it because we talk about, you know, at Acton Academy, globally, we talk about the hero's journey. We're referring to Joseph Campbell's work. You mm. know, and, and um, you know, everybody knows the hero's journey archetype and we talk about this all the time. And everybody loves those stories. They love those movies. Yeah. They love seeing Neo take the red pill yeah. and then rise up and he's rebelling against all of, you know, humanity so that he can come back and lead. But he's got this battle that he's got to fight, right? Everybody loves that. And they watch these stories, especially us guys. We watch these stories. And, of course, we automatically put ourselves in the position of that hero and go, this is what we would do. And I, I listened to this great conversation between Jordan Peterson and Jocko Willink, and they said, look, most guys, you need to put yourself in the position of somebody else, somebody that that you need to put yourself in the position of the guy that decided, no, man, I just missed the taste of steak <laughs> yeah. and took the blue pill and went back. Yeah. He's like, because that's who actually most of you are. You know, some of you, maybe you're more of a Morpheus. Some of you guys, you're the agent, man, don't know. You're, you know, you need to put yeah. yourself in this different thing. We love to put ourselves there, but 
the reality is it is harder because there are days where you don't have the natural motivation, the intensity. You don't have that naturally. So then you just have to have the discipline to do it anyways. Yeah, I think motivation you is know? kind of the wrong word that we keep using. Sucks. Yeah, like I can only be motivated for so long. Yep. But if I can know what I want, that I want my wife to still be around in 50 years, That's exactly right. then I know that there's things I got to do today, yep. even though I don't really want to do it. Even though you don't want to do it. Yeah. And that's discipline. Yeah. And discipline beats motivation. Long-term discipline beats motivation every, every yep. day of the week. And that includes in being that father. When there are days where I'm just like, oh, my kids are driving me nuts. I will literally, I'll take myself back to, uh, you ever see that movie Pursuit of Happiness? Mm-hmm. Right? Will Smith. Yep. Right. Great book too, by the way, Chris mm. Gardner's story. It's even more intense than yeah, you know. Yeah, I should, I should check his, that out. Yeah, his story of just growing up and the abuse that he faced before he ever got to that point, mm, what you see gnarly. in the movie, right? Oh, it's nuts, man. So it gives you a whole new level of, of respect for him. Um, but I remember sitting watching that movie. I was with my wife and I was with her parents. Mm. Um, we were in the Bay Area. We were watching that movie. This was pre-having kids. Actually, it was before, I think it was even before we got married maybe. Um, I think we were engaged at the time. And I remember walking, watching that movie and there's that point where he's, got his son whew, and he gives me chills even like it's got he's got his kid and he's in the bathroom Gnarly, right yeah mm-hmm. and he's in the bathroom and he's just crying man and he's got his boy there and i just remember at that point literally just going man i, I will die before i let something like that happen mm-hmm. when i have kids like i just i've got to keep this kind of thing in mind and i've got to be just so grateful when i do have kids like i will die before this happens and i will never take them for granted and i will you know i just remember having just being overwhelmed with emotion on yeah. that without ever even having yeah. kids and i'm not a crying guy you know natural but that was one of those things where i just i could feel it you know and i can feel it now talking about it too um so you know if i have days where i'm just like oh my gosh like they're fighting right now or like, oh, I'm just trying to get stuff done. And I'm try- like, I will go back to that and mm-hmm. go back to that moment and just go, man, dude, you are the luckiest dude on the planet. You know? It's important Relax. to have those moments to go back to. Yep. Totally. So just to wrap that up, you think everybody has a choice. So like, uh, no matter where they are right now, you have a choice. Absolutely have a choice. Unless you are number, you know, ranked 7.7 billion on this planet in terms of everything is stacked against you. And there's not a single person on this planet that has something worse than you. You have got a choice. There's always that perspective. Somebody always has something better than you. Great. Somebody always has something worse. Great. It doesn't, none of that matters. You have got a choice in how you move So what if, if some dudes listen to this right now yep. and they're like, dude, my marriage sucks. My kids, I don't even know them. Mm-hmm. My jobs, this, that, or the other. Yep. And they feel like they're stuck. Yeah. What would you say is like, this is the first thing you should do if you feel stuck? Yeah, dude, it, First of all, I'm going to go ahead and call, I don't know if they're swearing, I'm going to call bullshit on it. I'm just going to call bullshit. Like it just is what it is, right? First of all, suck it, suck it up. And I don't (laughs) think, I think that's culturally not even like appropriate anymore to say stuff like that. I think a lot of times, but yeah, that whole man (laughs) up kind of thing. And no, we need to get in touch with our feelings. Yeah. All that stuff is great. Sometimes I think guys need other guys to tell them to do man up. Right. So the reality is maybe you do have a bunch stacked against you and, and it can seem overwhelming, but again, how do we make this a simple task, right? And I'll go back to the old school, like Brian Tracy eating the frog or whatever he, you know, he coined. Start with one thing. Start with one yeah. thing. Figure out what your priorities are and start with one thing. Make one thing better. Make a move towards one thing that day. The next day, go back to that thing, right? You don't have a choice. And I don't care if you're 40, 50, 60, 20, whatever it is. Yeah. You don't have a choice, 
Your life is what it is right now because of your choices. Right. Whether you yeah. like to hear that or not, you have chosen, at least to some extent, to be where you are right now. Now you've got to make another choice to go in the direction you want to go that day. And you're going to, it's a long tail game. It is what it is. But make a choice and take it one step at a time, knowing you got to do that again tomorrow. It really, it really is that simple. The problem is, if you let yourself get frustrated, you don't have patience, you don't want to do that day after day after day. It reminds me of, of um, you know, there's a lot of talk in, in business and you as an entrepreneur, you know, you understand this. It's whatever those statistics you get thrown out, like 90% of small businesses fail within the first however, whatever, mm -hmm. right? And, yeah. and maybe that's true. That might be true. But I don't think they fail because so much of that was just bad ideas. I think it's because people quit. Yeah, I think... It I think people hard. confuse simple and hard. Yep. They're not the same not things. Not the same. Simple not is same. make a choice. Make a choice. It, I it's didn't say not it wasn't easy. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It is. But it's simple to do a choice a day or pick one thing and go after it. Wake up today and work out. Wake up tomorrow and work out. Write my wife a note today. Write her one simple. tomorrow. Yeah, just it's simple. It's hard. You're and, and really I think that dudes too just need to be willing to be vulnerable. Yeah. You know, and, and look like a dumbass sometimes because, yep. you know, when you're digging yourself out of that, yep. yeah, you probably will look like an idiot. For sure. But is that I, worth it? And yes, it's 100% right. worth it. That's and right. the people who are saying you look like an idiot are the ones who are not choosing to do it. They're that's choosing right. to live in the in the, in the the stuck phase. That's exactly right. Yeah. There's always going to be people saying you're an idiot. For It doesn't matter how successful you get. There's going to be somebody saying you're an idiot. Who cares? That's great. And it's people who don't want to wake up and make the choice, that's right? It. So most of the time. So. That's it. And they want you to stay stuck right there too. They want you to stay stuck as a dad, as a, as a husband. As yeah. They want you to stay stuck right there too. Because then it doesn't make them have to make a choice to that's level right. up their life. That's exactly right. All right. So then I'm going to ask you this question. That's super good. What do you think the role of the father is? So I will go, um, you know, I, I, again, I'm trying to take a look at what is the most simple way to do it. We can talk like protector, we can talk provider, we can talk, but at the most basic, uh, uh, most simple core, uh, I think it's being an example, mm. right? It's being an example to these other humans of what a good person looks like, right? And that example may look a little different for each one of your kids too because they're all different they're in need of a different yep. type of leadership right but it's being an example of the relationships they should strive to have as well as the people they should try to to be to emulate right my daughters aren't going to be exactly like i am they're girls first of all boys and girls different right so they're going to be different yep. in that regard my young man could be a little more like me right. so he is trying to emulate me the example that he has he has seen me set day in day out how do i treat him how do i treat his sisters how do i treat his mom how do i treat our neighbors anybody i come across when he comes to work here how am i treating the employees how am i treating the parents he is watching that and taking that in 24 hours a day this is who i should be likewise my girls are looking at that going look this is what a man should do should yep. be right so then i won't accept i can or i will have red flags going off anytime i meet a young man or an older man or whatever that is acting different than my dad. I'm going to start to compare that yep. subconsciously. I'm going to compare that, right? My job is to give the best possible example I can, first and foremost. I think that's one of the gnarliest uh, examples mm -hmm. is when you think about I'm an example. Yep. If you have a daughter, yep. do you want your daughter to marry a dude like you? That's right. 
And I think a lot of us are okay with a mediocre life. Yeah. You're like, I don't need a change for me. Like, yeah. whatever. Yeah. But then if you think you're an example for your kid and right. your daughter's, your daughter isn't going to marry someone better than you. That's right. Unless you show her that there's a better way to be. There's a better way to be. That's it, man. Yeah. It's an important. And so then all of a sudden yes. that you said like, let's break it down to be simple. Yeah, that's simple. It's mm -hmm. simple. I'm going to be an example. But when mm -hmm. you decide, hey, I, you know what? I'm just going to dedicate my life to being an example for my kids. Yeah. You better go to work. You better go to work on yourself. Man. It's going to be day in and day out. How did I speak to my family today? Yep. How did I react when my wife said this? Yep. You know, and granted, I think on top of that, I think dudes need to give themselves grace, you know, and oh, then yeah. and then try again tomorrow yeah. and tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and by grace, I want to throw this out there too. And this may be something that people disagree with. That's fine. But I, and I think you do. I think you need to give yourself I think you need to give yourself grace on that. But to me, grace is the acknowledgement that, look, I screwed up and everybody is going to screw up. But then that's where it stops. I screwed up and I'm not going to, I'm not going to dwell on it. Right. right. I'm not going to live back there. Right. But I think too often we go, uh, so I might mess up again in the future. No, 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 no. You messed up. Don't dwell on that, but you better learn from better it. Better learn from and it. Don't do it again. Yep. Otherwise that's not grace. That's cop out. Yep. Totally. You know, and totally. I think we give ourselves too much of that where we allow ourselves to cop out and we allow our friends to cop out our other guy friends, our other dad friends, right? And we'll sit there and rationalize why we both were, it's okay that we both copped out and then we'll call it having grace. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. Good. Get better. Yeah. Yeah. You're just being an a-hole. You're being an a-hole. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. For sure. Yeah. That's, that's good. All right. So rebel and create. Mm -hmm. That's the mantra for this, mm -hmm. right? So we're fatherhood field notes is the podcast and we're doing it right. You're open up your field notes, sharing your life with us, sharing your wisdom. And the, the mantra behind it is rebel and create. And mm -hmm. it could be as simple as I'm rebelling against being on my phone at the dinner table so yeah. that I can create great relationships with my family. Yeah. Or it could be, I'm rebelling against something on a larger scale to create this, mm -hmm. right? And we're probably all rebelling against certain things and hopefully yeah. creating something out of that. What's something that you are rebelling against and what do you hope to create out of that rebellion? Yeah, this, uh, <laughs> uh, my life is a, is a rebellion. Mm. I think some people would, would um, there are people that do not l like me purely because of that and that's okay. Um, it means you're doing something right. Probably. It means you're doing something right. You know, I very much, I very much believe that. I think it was Winston Churchill said, right? You, you have enemies, good. That means you stood for something once mm. in your life. You know, and I very much, I think that is is a is a beautiful sentiment, honestly. Um, so I, I can really go a number of ways with this. I, I re, you know, rebelling. Obviously, the most the easiest answer for me is rebelling against the education system by building something, you know, better and and creating a better alternative that you know, then starts to shift the minds on what education should look like, you know, and I, I liken us to CrossFit in that way, like it or not, doesn't matter, everybody knows what it is, mm -hmm. and they change the face of fitness, and now you have these other big box places that are trying to replicate what they've got going on, and they've got a great community, right, and so we're doing very much that same thing with Acton, um, it won't be long before I think everybody knows what Acton is around the globe, and like it or not, you're going to have to respect it, and it's going to start to shift other educational institutions because the power in what we're doing is is at this point now undeniable and it's going to continue to be so right so there's a natural rebellion with that i am very counterculture in a lot of ways in terms of you know everything as far as the pc i'm there we have rules in our house right the Baudreau family rules um we have 11 of them hmm. one of those rules that we have framed on our wall is think 
because most people will not. Um, and in that regard, I look at things like, let's go ahead and go with COVID. Great. It's great. That's there. That's fantastic. I'm going to go ahead and look at statistics and I'm going to actually take my kids and go, all right, let's take a look. Let's look at the statistics. Let's look at, um, you know, let's look at this from every angle. Let's look at this side. Let's look at this side. Um, what could their messaging or agenda possibly be? What could their messaging or agenda possibly be? Why are there so many people on various sides of that we're going to analyze the heck out of everything? And then we're going to come to a conclusion. I happen to come to a conclusion that is not really kind of the status quo. Um, and I'm just going to go ahead and go with it. But what I'm creating there is I want to create thinkers out of my yeah. kids. Yeah. Right. Again, it's that example that I want to set for them. I do not have a desire for my children to think just like me. I do not. I have a desire for them to think because that in and of itself sets them apart. Most people do not proactively think. I believe they react. More dads react. Right. Right. You don't, they're not proactively thinking about everything. So I want them to question everything so that they can come up with an answer that they feel good about and then live that answer out. You have no integrity if you say you believe something, but you do not live in accordance with that. That's what I want. That's what I want to create for my kids are thinkers who will then act. And then if we want to take it to even another level of it, they'll also be at peace understanding that other people will not agree with them. Mm -hmm. Potentially, nobody's going to agree with you on everything all the time anyways, right? Whether you're following this, nobody's going to have everybody agree with them. So I want them to live in that and be at peace with the fact that I think I have actually thought through this quite a bit. And even if what I determined was correct is not the status quo, I'm at peace with living that and moving forward. Um, so. Yeah, I, I love it. And I go, oh, man. We could just dive into those eleven beliefs. You mm -hmm. said beliefs. Yeah, we have eleven. It's our, we call them up the. It's, it says the Bodro family rules. Right? Okay, right the, the eleven uh -huh. rules. Okay, yeah. we could break down. I mean, you yeah. just sharing that one is like, oh man, yeah. that's so good. Can I just have those rules so I can yep. put them up in my house? Yeah. But here's where I want to go with this. Yeah. Us dudes who are just listening to you right now go, oh man, that was so well spoken. That was really thought out. You really clearly have a path of what you want to teach your kids. Mm -hmm. You know, your kids are all under 10 years old. So yep. it's like you put this up at some time. So if I'm a dude hearing this and I go, man, I just wish Matt, could you post that so I could just copy that and put it on my wall, mm -hmm. which is kind of not what we should do. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think most dudes wouldn't even have thought out what are our family values yeah. or rules or whatever? Yeah, 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 yeah. So let's talk about this for a second. If a dude's like, man, yeah, Ned does this stuff with his family. And yeah, Matt's in education yeah. and he does this. No, it's, it doesn't, it's not about those things. Like we would be doing this whether we were talking on a podcast or not. Right. Right. We would right. have those rules, those core values, those beliefs that yeah. we're teaching our kids. So for dudes who are like not quite there. They yeah. want to be, they want to speak the way you just did about some rule they're passionate for their family. Maybe yeah. it's not think, maybe it's something else. Yeah. But how do they pause their life that's full of work and dinner and sports and work and dinner and sports and work and dinner and sports or yeah. whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. And go, I need to go self-reflect and go, what matters to me? Yeah. What do I want to teach my kids when my kids yeah. are 18? Yeah. Okay. So what would you, you kind of get the question I'm asking. Yeah. How do I sit down and, and, and write this out and then teach it to my kids? Yeah, well, I mean, part of the reason that I think I was able to able to speak to, you know, you can speak to something um, much more eloquently if you have done it for a long 
tail thing, right? right. So I want to make sure that that's clear too. This wasn't a fly, like we just figured this out yesterday, right? right? This is something right. that's been a, it was a long tail deal. Right. So that means you didn't right? just say, um, this, we're going to sit down cool on Sunday night and we'll, we're going to sit down on Sunday night and come up with our 11 rules and then post them on the, on the wall. Like this is, they've probably evolved over the last 10 years. Yeah. I mean, this has been a long time. This yeah. has been a long time coming, yeah. you know, but it's, it's been up, it's been hanging up in our house now for a couple of years where we talk about them and, and, um, enough to where there's accountability on all sides, right? Like I hold, yeah, I want to hold my kids accountable to that more importantly, they hold me accountable to that too, right? If I'm going to be the example, they, I need to have the humility to have my four-year-old go, Hey dad, think most people won't. Are you thinking right now? Mm. I, and I need to respect that and go, yeah, right. man, good call. Right. Thanks for it. Right. Like, cause that's what we're doing together. So, you know, first of all, it's a long, it's a long tail game. Um, but one of the things that dads need to realize part of that leadership piece as a dad is getting the input from everybody else there. It is not just here, I'm laying down the law. We're making our rules. I'm going to tell you exactly. It's let's sit down and have a conversation. Yeah. Be it's involved a convers- in it. Be involved in it. You need them to be involved in it. Not only does that get the buy-in, but it shows more importantly that you care about what they say and that you're okay with them calling you out on that, that this is a team sort of deal. You've got to have that humility, that's leading an organization. It's also the same as leading your family, yeah. right? The best leaders aren't going to be the ones that go, hey, look, I've got all the answers because bullshit, you don't. Yep. And that's including in your own family sometimes. We think the dads have to have all the answers around something. My wife figures out a whole lot of things that I would not figure out and has great ideas of, look, we should do this. This is where we should go. So do my kids, right? They're not training to be humans. They're already humans and they already have this God-given gift to see right, some things. Right. So sometimes I need to go, okay, you know, that was a lot of wisdom for a seven-year-old. She's got that, Brielle. You know what? That was, that was good. We need to start figuring out how to implement that in our lives, right? So it's just, it's literally having the conversation and listening. No preconceived outcome of, hey, I'm going to guide you to, dude, what is the, what are our values? Listen to what they say and figure out how to implement that. Yeah, so maybe That's, even a first step could be deciding to, you know, go get a meal and bring it home or you make yep. a meal and sit down and yep. say, hey, I'm going to ask something crazy, everybody. Yep. What's our family values? Totally. Is your family going to be caught off guard if you've never stepped up and said something like that? Yeah, yep. they're going to think you're tripping. Yep. Are you going to feel weird even asking the question? Probably. You might. Probably, but that's okay, right? We're going back to that, make a choice you, and that's then right. compound on choices. That's exactly right. And if you're uncomfortable with that, look, the way human beings have always related, the way messages get across, it's exactly what we're doing right now. It's storytelling, right? Mm-hmm. This is what we've, and that's why, you know, that's why the Bible is so powerful. That's why God spoke in allegories. That's why you, spoke, you know, sometimes put these things out there. It's because we relate to stories, right. right? And it's great to have those stories to go back to. That's the power of film. It's the power of great books. It's the power, you have these stories to go back back to that you can then use as kind of these these guideposts or you know the the zion means you know signs along the way right you Mm -hmm. can you can go back to those signs along the way to remember so bring it in with a story and go look man i heard this on a podcast or i saw this written down i saw this picture here's what this family did when i'm asking you guys what are our values i heard it on the podcast i was talking about it man it sounded kind of cool here are you know, the rules that this family kind of came up with and here's kind of their thoughts on that. And maybe this is something kind of cool for us or maybe this one right here doesn't really apply. But but you can get the juices flowing through stories yeah. like that, connect through the story and then just see what comes out. Yeah, of it. and I love it because I think if a dad showed up and was like, you know what, I heard this 
and you guys just mean so much to me. I'd like to do something similar. Mm-hmm. Like your family's gonna totally first probably question you, sure. Right. So if depending, sure. you might have to like go at sure. this a few times. But it's also going to mean something. Yep. It's going to mean something even if they don't believe it all or trust it all yep. at first. But I love it through the case of a story. It's like because you hear people regularly now with Instagram and social media. It's mm-hmm. like they'll look at a family and they're like, must be nice. Right? Right. I hate that. Right. So sit down and go, what are our family right. values? And then what are some others that you look at? And let's not just say, let's do that because it looked fun. That's that family. Yeah. No, what is important to us? And then talk about it. And let your five-year-old have an opinion on it. Totally. What matters to your five-year-old? Do you even know? That's have right. Have you asked them? That's exactly right. And what you'll find out is that there is some brilliance in those. You know, we we talk at Acton about the fact that every single person is a genius, right? Everybody's a genius. Mm. And our job is just to uncover what that specific genius is. God did not make robots for a reason. Everybody has a very specific mm, yeah. DNA that is there to change the world in some way. And we get to try to figure out and uncover what that is. What if you take that approach as the dad and you understand that as a dad? Go, man, my kids, it doesn't matter how old they are. This is a genius right here. I need to uncover what this genius is because that genius isn't just a product of, it's a combination of, of mine and my wife's, no, yeah. this is a very specific individual that has never walked the face of this earth until now. They have got something to offer me um, and, and offer us as a family that nobody else will. And, and take that seriously and let them know you're taking that seriously. You will find brilliance yes. in those kids. You'll find brilliance. I learned, I learned from all three of my kids extremely regularly. Right? But by asking them questions. By asking them questions. And then and listening. Talking, and then actually listen. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's it. It doesn't happen and, by accident. Right. Right. You got to be intentional about that. But when you do that and you really pay attention and you really observe and you really try to break down, like, um, you know, there's no better feeling with that. I learn from that. But then I also it's it's I feel like I know my kids so well, too, that I, I literally feel like um, and my oldest daughter is kind of this way, too, where she's very analytical. She observes so much and um we're almost in each other's heads mm. because of that. You know, my wife hates it when we'll literally be, we've had no, I might just get home from work. We'll have had no conversations around anything other than some text messages or whatever during the day. Obviously saw her in the morning, you know, hanging out, whatever. And she'll go, oh, you know what? And I'll be like, yep. And then I'll answer her question, right? And she's like, I hate that you do that. How did you know? I'm just like, I don't know, just context of <laughs> what just happened yeah. here, what just happened. I knew where yeah. your brain was going to go. And so I knew exactly what you were going to say. You know, and she hates it, right? That I she likes it, but she hates yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but I can do that almost all the time with with my kids, especially with my oldest, where it's like I can just see them kind of daydreaming. I'm like, I literally believe I know exactly what she's thinking mm-hmm. right now, and I can say something to her and start that conversation. She's like, yeah, and she can do the same thing with me. Like you can get to that point, and it's not some Nostradamus, you know, some psychic ability, psychic. It's not that. It is that you paid attention to them so hard. You're in tune with you are are. in tune. I see her make a face. I know what her mind is thinking because of the face she's making. Right? If you watch that kind of stuff from your kids, that's it. You will learn so much. There's so much brilliance there. It's so good because as you're sharing that, I think a lot of us, you know, we were we're like, yeah, I'm not just raising kids. I'm raising good adults. So as a dad, we lean more into the obedient structure, follow mm-hmm, along. Mm-hmm, I want to mm-hmm. help you be prepared for the real world. Yep. And sometimes in that, we miss the relationship piece. Yeah. You know, is yep. that you can have a relationship yep. with your kids. Totally. 
you know, you can have a friendship. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, you know, my, my wife gets, gets irritated because yeah. there's my, I have a son who's 11 and me who can think like an 11 year old yeah. Yeah. and uh, <laughs> we'll just be having so, so much fun, yeah. you know? So there's been times where I'm like, all right, dude, now we're switching out of this mode. Yeah. I'm your dad. Yeah. We're, we're not, yeah. you know, yeah. doing whatever yeah, we totally, were doing earlier. Totally. But, <sighs> but it's okay mm-hmm. to have that with him is, is, and, and he knows, you know, there's these modes like, yeah, mom was gone all day and it was just you and me. And we were riding dirt bikes and, yeah. you know, doing stupid things to each yeah. other, but now it's changed and we need to settle. There's down. a different dynamic. Yeah. yeah. But you can have both. For sure. With your kid. But I don't even know that we're all been told that. Right. You know, man, this one time, whew. One of the most, I was so pissed off. Oh my gosh. You know, I'm wearing a backwards hat, go to church. I go drop off my, my son and he's probably got a mohawk, you know, and I'm, you know, trying to be intentional dad of the life. Right. And this is my kids. This is probably like four years ago. And we walk into the church and the teacher grabs my arm and she's like, you know, because uh, I was bantering with him as I'm dropping him off. Uh-huh. And she grabs my arm. She's like, you know you're his dad, not his friend. Oh, gosh. Oh, I was like, oh, I gosh. wish you were a dude because I want to punch oh, you in the gosh. face right now. But I'm oh, like. Oh, gosh. And it's just like, I still oh, cringe, oh, right? Gosh. Like, oh, God, your kids are probably so miserable. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dude. Oh, but that's like I, one of those look, stinging moments. And look, I'm sure her sentiment was, you know, her heart was in the right spot. Like, I know what she's trying to say right but you don't know me right at all right. like why and don't you pay attention for a little bit man and then if you want to say something say it you can <laughs> you but you're so right man you can you can simultaneously be both right mm-hmm. like you and i can sit here as as friends and be friends and then simultaneously you know i i have enough respect for you where if you were like hey man by the way i heard what you right. said over here i saw right. what you said over here you need, you, need, you need to shift gears a little bit. I have enough respect for you. Where I, you know, man, cool. You're right. Thank you for calling me out. Yeah, like I might be offended right? in the moment, but yeah. I'm at least going to self-reflect on what you said. And, go, and I might totally. have to come back and be like, hey, I know I was kind of like 100%. shut off for a moment, right. but I thought about it and you were right. A hundred percent. Right. Know? We can have that respect yeah. right there. Yeah. We can be simultaneously friends as well as holding a line, right, of, of just trying to help one another, right? So we had uh, we had the news. We had KCRA in here. Uh, shout out to Deirdre Fitzpatrick, man. It's my girl. So we had the news in here a few weeks ago and um, for, for a story around the school. And we do stuff every once in a while. And there was a guy that's here. He's been here a few times as, as a camera guy. Cool, cool guy. And uh, he's like, man, just how do you discipline the kids? Like, how do you discipline the kids? You know, when you're, when the, it's here, he's kind of this old, obviously this old school yeah, dude, right? Yeah. How do you discipline the kids? Um, and I said, well, man, I said, you know, here at Acton, as well as at home, the word discipline just means something different. We don't worry about disciplining our children. We teach our children to be disciplined. Mm. And that shifts the whole dynamic. Very different. Right? It's a very different thing. When you teach them to be disciplined and you lead by example as well, it's really, really easy to go back and forth between now I'm, I, I'm kind of being buddies, now I'm being dad. It blurs that line enough to where you really don't have as much trouble. Yeah. You just don't. Um, you know, they understand. They, they understand that you're the leader. They understand you have more experience there. You've had those conversations. It's easy to oscillate back and forth. You know, we go from a biblical perspective and taking a look at, at dad, Right. And, and 
He very much wants to have a friend relationship. He told Abraham, get off your knees, man. Don't, don't, I don't want you, don't, hey, get off your knees. Stand up, walk with me, right? It wasn't, that's right, you better stay there and listen. It was stand up and come walk with me right now. You know, one of the interesting things um, for, for people to, to find out, and this is where it gets down a rabbit hole where, again, I end up going kind of counterculture, but, you know, the original scriptures as they're written in Hebrew, right? There is no word for obey. Hmm. There's literally no word for obey, right? We've translated into our English versions of obey the law, right? There's no word for obey, and the, the commandments, so to speak, aren't even, it's not law. It is, here's my suggestions for how we live here, man. This is what you need to think about. Right. And so we kind of take it from this perspective of like, look, I'm going to lead by example. I'm going to show you this. This is this is the advice. And I'm going to walk with you and walk you through all this kind of stuff. And that's kind of showing the discipline to our kids. I'm going to live the example. I'm going to I have expectations of you living in this way, too. It's easy for us to go back and forth. So, okay, I've got a couple of thoughts, questions for you. Yeah, because as we're dads trying to discipline our kids. Yep. Okay. Um, where to go? First, do you think that when you leave it more open and it's not um, like discipline that because it's done more relationally and it's not hiding from a rule or hiding from a law mm -hmm. that then the kid, let's mm -hmm. just use, you know, a student, for example, mm -hmm. is more in tune emotionally that I messed up and I'm willing to talk to you about it because it's not necessarily tied to you're so much of, I don't want to say yeah. you're not an authority figure because you are. For sure. But it's different than a principal. Like, I mean, it, I can't sure. think of how many times I was in the principal's office looking at his stupid picture for of sure. a ship going off the for sure. edge of the, you know, the square right. earth. Right. So <laughs> yeah. he's like, you're that guy yeah. teetering in that ship right now. Like, okay, dude. Um, <laughs> so because, let me ask this, then yeah. you kind of get where I'm going. Yeah. What do you think about consequences when, when somebody, when somebody messes up? Well, for the consequences are there's natural consequences to every decision yes so it's not so much that you're going to give a consequence because there was already there's i'm not saying there's that consequence, consequence, but there's consequences there's consequence in built in right that's exactly it and you can do a mic and you can have a microcosm of that at home there can be a, a microcosm of like look this is the expectation this is just what we do in the house right like you br i mean everybody at this point you brush your teeth today i'm sure you brush your teeth i'm sure you brush your teeth before you go to bed right it's just something you do right, right? and that's the hard part about parenting in this way or leading in this way is we just go, look, this is just who we are. This is what we do. And you got to do it every single day. Right. Because otherwise, if you're saying this is just who we are and this is what we do, but you only do it once a week, then it's not really who you are or what you do. Right. Because so you're talking about the natural consequence. The then. natural consequence thing. So, right. So we're like, look, expectation in our house is this. This is just what we do. You can make the choice to forego that, to not take that on. But, you know, yeah, there's going to be a natural consequence of... Either this didn't go your way, or if it's something that I've got to, uh, you know, put a consequence, um, you know, God, my kids, dude, are so flipping easy because of this now. Like, I really, honestly, they're so easy, but it's just like, look, uh, if your room's not, if your room is not clean, there's not, you know, laundry is not picked up off the floor, by the way, you don't get to go in the pool. Like, that's just kind of how it is. Like, there's going to go, we're going to go ahead and put that there because this is just what we do. We don't, we're not the family that leaves a bunch of crap on the floor. Mm -hmm. We're just not. Mm -hmm. So now that that expectation was already set, I literally don't even, we don't have to have the conversation. We don't have to have the conversation. My kids just pick it up. 
because in their mind, natural consequences, well, they, you know, and so it's this okay, microcosm. Okay, so when they go to get in the pool and their yeah. room isn't clean, you go, oh, well, you can't get in they, the pool. We, so they say my room is clean, but you look at it and it's not clean how you would clean it. Then what do you do? Oh, and then be like, do you, so what is clean? What is clean? For us, like what is clean? What did we yeah. decide was clean? What right. does that look like? You're just trying to create a very clear understanding of what it is, right? It's if you're like if you're looking at a, if you're looking at a freeway, it, it's there's a very clear understanding that you stay in this lane. Yeah, you can change lanes, but you need to do so safely. There's rules, there's boundaries that are there, and then you've got wiggle room within so those you boundaries. Show them. But you're keeping them yeah. safe. We show we're very specific. Like what it, what do we think? And again, bring them into that conversation. What do we think clean looks like in here? Is this a good example? Once we get it here, is this a good example? Cool. So then, can we agree we're just going to go ahead and keep stuff right here? And if something gets outside of that, then that's going to take up our time that we'd maybe rather be doing something else, right? And so if we look at it and go, okay, what is that the example of, of clean? And they're ah, whoops, nope, my bad. And they'll go fix it. Boom, boom, boom. We're done. There's no other further conversation around it. And the reality is now we don't even have to have the conversation because we're consistent on that. Yeah. Yeah. And what I think I see sometimes parents do is say, okay, well, you can't go in the pool or now you can't watch TV tonight. And then the parent ends up cleaning the room. Oh, God. Instead of letting the kid do it, right? They totally. tell you, but then they don't force them, no, ask them to do it, right? Yeah. 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 And yeah. it just creates, it creates confusion. Well, right, because right, then creates, I'm just going to get in trouble every time because I'm not going to do it, and you're going right. to end up doing it. It creates confusion in any kind of relationship, right? If I mean, mm-hmm. if I if I said to you, man, hey, we're gonna we're gonna chat at this time or on this day, and I never called you on that day or never met, and I just consistently did that, it creates confusion in our relationship right. too, because one of us isn't holding up our end of the bargain about right. what we said. You know, so it's the same. And thing, that's what you're man. teaching your kids through te- that discipline, for sure, for sure creating discipline in their lives. Yep. Mm, super good. Okay. Uh, I know we could talk fatherhood forever, so I'm going to ask you uh, one last question. I want to hear, since we were kind of talking about, you know, m- me and my son's relationship and just the idea of having a son, you're creating something for young men. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah. And I know this isn't necessarily the PC kind of thing, you know, either in this, in this day and age, but I, I firmly believe boys and girls are different men and women are different, right? And I think that's a good thing. I think that is something we need to celebrate. Um, I also think that uh, from a very simplistic standpoint, there are, you know, different, we use the example of sheep and sheepdogs, right? I think the majority of people have more of a um, sheep mentality, and I don't want to necessarily, I don't even mean this in in necessarily a condescending way. Mm -hmm. It is just going to be a more, go with the flow. I'm a good guy. I get a lot like there are more of right. those people. And I think that's a, I think that's a good thing. Unfortunately, there, I think there are also metaphorically speaking wolves, right? There are people who take advantage of other people. There are people who will use physical violence against other people. There are things that I wish did not exist, but the reality is they do. And I think there are also men and young men who have more of a gravitation towards being a sheepdog. They are going to take care of, of other people. They are going to have more of a propensity to protect than other people. And I think that fringe group that we need to protect against the wolves has been cut off at the knees. And I think we do it early and often, right? We have coined this toxic masculinity, right? And assuming that all things, somebody that's going to stand up for themselves, not just in a physical realm, but in a mental realm, and they're going to take a stance on something. 
um, you know, and they're going to do so in an honorable fashion, but they're going to go ahead and, and take that stance and stand in the front lines for other people. That's been cut off at the knees and it's been villainized, you know, and that's something that um, I think has been to the detriment of young men and just society in general. I think we're, you know, getting the repercussions of that. And I want my young man, I can see that in him. You know, we look at, from again, from a biblical standpoint, you look at, at Dode, we call David, mm-hmm. right? David, beloved, is what his name means. He was, you know, the only one who God said, look, you are, you are my son. You are a man after my own heart. It's the only one he said that. And David was very much this protector. You know, we know that he made some bad choices. Yeah. He did some dumb stuff, for sure. But he was a protector. He protected his people um, when nobody else would stand up yeah. against the giant Philistine, right? He wanted to go ahead and go do that. He was this protector, um, and nobody else there was. I think that's a good, and God said, man, you're a man after my own heart. I very much believe that is in so many of our young boys, and we squash it. So this virtual program that we're starting, and it's the virtual now with the intention of actually manifesting a physical campus uh, at some point, it's to develop those young men that are out there. It's to develop those honorable young men who understand kind of more that classical example of being a protector and it is okay to have a strong voice, but you're also going to do so in an honorable fashion. You're going to say what you mean. You're going to mean what you say. You're going to, we're going to get back to some of those kind of traditional, you know, classical manhood sort of values. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I'm working with Tim Kennedy and, and his group, his sheepdog response group, um, to kind of put together this virtual, really this virtual community of young men who can rely on each other, learn to rely on themselves, and learn to go out and be protectors of our society in, in the future. It's huge. It's so important. When is that virtual school or virtual class We're launching be this fall? So we've got everything built out for the most part. When I say built out, I mean as far as the the courses, kind of the platform we're going to use, what that looks like. But we have a, a great team that's out here in uh, in the Rockland area who is actually doing the all of the things that I, I understand how to put the, everything together and how you know the scope of that and the sequence of that. I understand all that. I can't build a yeah. thing as far as the actual network and the pro, you know, the the, the websites and all, I don't know. So they're doing that, which we're saying a, a fall launch. So October, November. And where of, would of people learn about that? So um, it'll be at apogeestrong.com. A p o g e e strong.com. Um, we'll we'll dive into to all of that. We'll have a bunch of content to allow people to see obviously what that is yeah, and yeah. see if that's something that's right for for their, what age for their group are you thinking men. so we're really targeting to start with the because we're virtual right now we're looking at at older teens so we're looking like 13 to 18 we're looking okay. more more you know maybe late middle school high school age um that will be the focus when we get the physical campus we'd like to go more all ages like we do here now hmm. but yeah from virtual to start we're, we're so when you say a campus are you thinking it would be like a camp or a school no it'd be a uh, it would be a school it would be a full school it would be an act in school but it would be kind of a specialty um, acting specifically for man that's super rad this this last year my son there was a kid at school who i feel terrible about you know yeah. but it's like he was just a trouble kid yeah you know and yep. my kid had never gotten in much trouble sure and uh anyways we've always taught my kids that we stick up for each other and he has a right. twin sister and he got in a fight at school yep and i'm in the yep. you know i show up to the office as yep. the, the one dad who's going to and i i you know like you want my kid to crawl up in a ball on the ground and wait for help. Right. That's what you want my kid to do. So that he doesn't quote unquote get in trouble. 
Yeah, I'm like, mm, I don't think so. No. And let's look around for a second. There's one man. There's two men on this campus, mm-hmm. the janitor and one teacher. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we're running this like, I mean, I'm sure mm-hmm. there's tons of people talking yes, about this kind of stuff, you know. Yep. But it's like this makes yes. zero sense yes. what you're saying. Right. Like, I'm not going to respond that way if somebody comes into my home. That's right. Or my work of business and, and does this. That's exactly right. And so, I mean, it's exactly what you're talking about. He's my son by the authorities there are he's cut off by the knees. Yes. Right. And he has a dad at home who's giving him a different story out of love and right. being wise, right. you know. But at that point, I was like, oh, man, I want to just bring all these boys to my house. We live on six acres with yep. a dirt bike track yeah, and man. a tree house. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm going, let's just make our own school. Totally. So you talking about that is super powerful. Um, I love hearing that it's a school yeah. and not just a camp. Yeah. Because I think that there is this. It's just super powerful. Yep. It's super powerful yep. what and you're going to be, what you're going to do with it. And it's, it's a day in, day out. And to be clear, this isn't, we're not trying to make a bunch of savage ninjas that are going to go out and wreak havoc. Like it's completely the opposite. If anybody gets the wrong idea, it is that, you know, I have a hat. Uh, yeah, nobody. It's that's, that's, that's got savage gentlemen on it, right? It yeah. is that you live as that gentleman. That is what you, 99.9% of the time, that is who you're going to be. You're going to lead by example. You're going to go ahead and be disciplined. You're going to do the hard things. You're going to take care of other people. You're going to put up people first. You're going to serve. You are going to do all of those things, you know, the, the, those things right, which is hard to do consistently. Like what we're talking about is that consistency. You're going to do that. You have to be taught. You have to be taught. But sometimes because you, do that you're going to have people that don't like it you're going to have the wolves that try to take advantage and you may be the one to go ahead and step in the gap and then that is that small percentage of the time where you go ahead and be the savage yeah. that you need to be and that's okay yeah nobody wants that you're but when your house reasons. is getting robbed yeah. or you're getting something's happening to you Sorry. you want that person to be there yes yeah you don't want them 99 percent of the time but when you want them you want them that's exactly and we right. need them you that's know, exactly and, right. and our culture and our society needs them. And that's one of my biggest things with yeah. Rebel and Create is when I look at our world and I look at the suicide, the abortion, yeah. the homeless, the the human trafficking that's going on, yeah. all these things, if there were more men who knew who they were in their home yep. as a father, yep. I'm telling you, most of that stuff wouldn't be happening. You are 100% right. Because I would be raising my children, yep. guiding them, showing them mm-hmm. what it means to be a man, a human being, yep. and all this stuff wouldn't be happening. Yep. So really, when I look at the problems with our world, yeah, mm-hmm. everybody wants to point to the man mm-hmm. for the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's not that he's just taken advantage of everybody. It's that he hasn't been given – he hasn't – I don't want to even say he hasn't been given the opportunity – a lot of men haven't accepted their role and aren't living it. Agreed. But they just need to be shown that's who they are, and that's then right. I think that they would step up yeah, to the plate. Been, I agree. Yeah. I agree. There's been a veil placed over where they didn't necessarily even see that that was the role, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. Man, that's super exciting. Yeah. So, okay. I'm gonna before I ask you my last question. Yeah. We learned about the apogee and we're yep. apogee strong. Yeah. You could check that out. Yep. If if um, parents, dudes, dads want to learn about acting and yeah. about schooling yeah so first tell me where can they find you and learn about school uh, acting yeah so we've got i mean so we are acting academy placer right which is p-l-a-c-e-r it's mm-hmm. the name of the, the the county that we are in so there you can go to actingplacer.com they can also find acting placer on youtube on instagram and isn't there uh, 200 campuses or so and around? so there's a couple hundred campuses yeah. globally yeah, yeah we have applications in right now to open fifteen thousand. we won't open fifteen thousand, but i think we're going to shoot for like a, a, a 
strong Gnarly. thousand That's campuses, awesome. um, you know, globally speaking. So they can go to go to Acton, uh, Acad- but go to Acton Academy on any of those platforms as well, because you will find just like if you typed in CrossFit, generally you can get CrossFit's main site, but you can also find CrossFit, you know, wherever CrossFit over here, CrossFit over there, and you can find all of that, and you can get really a taste. You can do the same thing with with Acton Academy as well. Google and YouTube are your best friends with that. Okay, so if a dad's going, man, I've never really paid attention to the schooling thing, but mm-hmm. I like what you're talking about. Yeah. What would be a couple of books or resources that you would say, mm. hey man, you want to go challenge yourself and kind of have some knowledge yeah. and step up? What are a couple yep. books you would throw out? Courage to Grow is always one that I throw out there because uh, one of the founders of Acton Academy, the very first one, Laura uh, Sandifer, she wrote that about kind of the start of Acton and that. So that's a good... Um, that'll get you kind of foundationally similar, you know, understanding kind of our, our mission, um, you know, and our journey as an, as an organization. But, um, for a lot of, of dads, what I find is that they've got to go unlearn more than just learn about what we are. They've got to unlearn what we've been taught Mm. in schools growing up. We have to, we actually have to unlearn that system. We don't even necessarily realize how ingrained, even though uh, intellectually, we can say, hey, look, yeah, acting, that makes way more sense, right? Intellectually, we can see that schools need to change. Nobody's denying that. It's the emotional tie we have to that, though, that you don't realize how strong of a stranglehold it really has on people. So for that, I always recommend finding books by John Taylor Gatto, G-A-T-T-O, Dumbing Us Down, Weapons of Mass Instruction. Um, both of those, you can get those free. I mean, PDFs free. Um, go through and read those because he breaks down the why behind how we have set schools up for so long. And spoiler alert, it has nothing to do with human development hmm. or developing strong leaders or developing people in general. It's about perpetuating a cycle, perpetuating a system, and creating more and more sheep. And we don't realize how much we were duped, and it's only getting worse. And I say that out of the nothing but love for teachers and administrators in traditional systems all over the place. God knows I try to help as many of them as I can. But the reality of the system and how much tighter and worse and how much more of an agenda is being pushed, that is also bad parenting. And our school systems are two of the biggest reasons we are in many of the situations we are in right now. This agenda has been a long tail thing. So John Taylor Gatto breaks it down probably better than anybody. Yeah, so I'll tell you, you told me to read those books. And I just finished reading the John Taylor Gatto one. uh, And it was... yeah mind changing yeah it'll shake you up it was good yeah. john's john's rad we lost uh you know he, he passed away last year yeah. uh, but was just a treasure of a human being that you know most people just will never get a chance to hear from and i'll tell you if you have gone through as a teacher to get your credential you will absolutely never hear of him mm-hmm. unless you search him out yourself because it'll it'll get people out of that whole thing yeah so i would just say as a father it's it's part of your role part of your job mm-hmm. to be in in tune with that whether yeah. you do anything you need to go and, and get some education on it and 100%. think about the education you're putting into your hobbies and yep. whatever your career is or whatever. Yep. Your kids, it's super important. So even if you don't change the way they're doing schooling, right. be aware of it be aware. And, and educate yourself. Don't just listen to what everybody tells you is yes. the right thing. Yes, be aware and not at a surface level. Yeah, schools need to change level, right? Be aware. Be aware of what they are actually doing on a day-to-day? What are the messages they're actually hearing on a day-to-day? How are they responding to those things day-to-day? Are they being fulfilled? Are they being, um, you know, if you're really paying attention, like we were saying earlier, to what their genius is, is that being unlocked with what they are doing? Right. 
Right. And, and I would even say, you know, we both really like Seth Godin yeah. and um, you had him on your podcast recently. Yeah, super rad. So rad. if you're check that one out, but something I heard him say one time is that his kids did go to public school, I believe, mm-hmm. but that when they got home, yep. it was time to learn from him. Yeah. And so I think as a dad, yeah. know that you're, you have a ton of value to impart yeah, to your kids. Totally. So maybe you're not in this situation or maybe you want your kids to go there for certain reasons or you're, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I think that we miss out on our role to teach our kids. And it was cool. For I just sure. did a podcast with um, John Jackson. He's the president of a, of a local university, mm-hmm. William Jessup. And he said, parents, you're the first and best teachers of your kids. Absolutely. And that's coming from somebody who's, you know, like yeah, you in, in a, serious in education, education yeah, but right? But it's true. Because you're, and again, it's not just the education of like, oh, you're the best one to teach them math. No, dude, it's how you are it's living life. 24 hours yes, a day. Yes, it's life. It comes back to that yes. one role of example. Yep. Right. And your kids learn more from you than they do anyone else. That's it. And you know, are they learning totally. the good habits or bad habits? Exactly are they right. learning the habits you want them to have? Because whatever you're doing, Bingo. that's it. I always tell parents, man, kids, your kids will do what you do far before they ever do what you say. Mm. So that yeah. keep that perspective, right? That is the reality. Yeah, yeah you're absolutely it's... right, man. And what's cool about Seth too is he went back. That's another one you should read. He he wrote a manifesto called "Stop Stealing Dreams," mm. and that was his uh, his manifesto on education. Um, he and he does a great job. That's another perspective shifter. I told him on the podcast, man. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. read that in the parking lot of another oh, school yeah, I yeah, was yeah. at, and I was like, dude, that that's where I was like, cool. I've got to do acting, and it was cool too because Seth was just on another podcast a couple of weeks ago. Um, London, London Real with Brian Rose, right? Huge podcast. And they sat down and Brian's, you know, I, I understand your take on education. And, you know, would you kind of explain that a little bit? And he's like, yeah, sure. And so he started diving in. And he says, you know, I'll tell you who's who's doing things really well. It's Acton Academy. Right. Um, so, which was, which was Heck cool. Yeah. Was I cool. mean, to get a shout out like that. So, yeah. yeah it was cool. From somebody who's super passionate about really revolutionizing what education Absolutely. Like, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, man. Super yeah. good. All yeah. right. I'm going to ask you my last question. Yeah. It's about legacy. Yeah. So your oldest is nine. Let's mm-hmm. say 30 years from now. Yeah. Okay. You have a 39-year-old. Mm-hmm. Kind of gnarly to think mm-hmm. about. That's, yeah. And you're standing out on the street. Okay. Yep. And you're peering through the windows of your children's homes. Yeah. What do you see now? Your day-to-day actions and words, mm-hmm. right? Now, they mm-hmm. might not say, oh, dad taught us this. Yeah. But when you look through the window, you see how they're interacting with their family, the way they're living yeah. their life. What is the legacy that you imparted there? What do you hope to see? Yeah. I mean, if it, you know, it, you can get physical description of this or you can get kind of the the overall kind of, you know, the more esoteric, ambiguous, you know, sort of deal. I'd like to think from that physical standpoint, right? You see you see the smiles, you see the rules on on the wall, mm. you see um, you know, almost kind of this recreation of maybe a better version of the home that they grew up in, you know, from a physical standpoint, you just kind of see that. And it's almost like, yeah, that's how we did that too. And that's how we did that too. Right. So that you're getting kind of that physical representation of what we just always did. If, if they felt valued enough to re, you know, felt there was enough value there to recreate that in their own home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're, you're, again, you're seeing that example play out. So from a physical standpoint, you know, and then you'd like to think from, from that more ambiguous sort of deal. You know, I, I said, I pay attention enough to my kids to a lot of times where I can just look, I can see the look on their face and I can know what they're thinking. And I want to be able to look on those faces and just be able to know because I know them so well that there is just, there's peace. There's just peace there, right? Because the decisions that they have now made for themselves 
you know, that, that legacy that, that I have passed on to them is, is the ability to make those decisions that just allow them to live, you know, at relative peace with, with what they've got going on. Mm. You know, that's, can't ask for anything better. No. Yeah. Can't ask for anything better. It's powerful mm. because the peace can carry them through even times like this. That's it. You know, so like this time we're in COVID right now, the smoky outside from right. fires. Right. And your kids are seeing how you're reacting. That's right. That's right. Right. Yeah, that's or right. responding, res- I should that's say. Exactly right. Yeah, man. That's exactly Is they're it. seeing how you're responding. And these are the times that they're going to then take into when there's crisis is real or yep. not down the road when yep. they're living their lives. So yep. powerful. Yeah. Uh, well, Matt, this has been incredible to talk fatherhood with fun, you. Man. I just appreciate you. Um, keep doing what you're doing the way that I know that you love your wife. You love your kids. You're intentionally first and foremost living out those 11 yeah, rules man. so that then your kids have something to look at is not just a sign on the wall, but actual living this out day to day. And then really giving your life to help other kids become the best versions of themselves, man. Thanks. So brother. dude, keep I it up. It, and man. it was just wonderful to talk fatherhood Pleasure with you. It was absolutely mine, brother. Yeah. Thank you. Seriously good stuff. Matt Boudreau, incredible dude, super rad to sit down and talk life with him. You know, from Matt's recommendation, I have read John Taylor's book, Dumbing Us Down, Encourage to Grow by Laura Sandifer. She's the one who started acting with her husband. I actually listened to them on Audible. But I have really stepped into, okay, what role do I play as a father in my kid's education? What is it that I want? What matters to me? What do I want to try? I think so much of the time us fathers are not really part of the education conversation. And it's just because it's rolled into that where mom has been making the decisions. And I'm not saying step on mom's toes at all. But what I am saying is that as a father, you have an opportunity to have a say and have an opinion on your children's education. And I think that you should do your research on it and decide, you decide what is best for your kids. I'm putting three of my kids in acting this year to try it out and see, but there's alternatives around, whether that be homeschool, whether that be alternative schools, whether that be charter schools, or if you're sending your kid to public school, also sit down and go, what are the things that I as a father want to teach them? What matters? What are the rules on the wall like Matt had talked about? What are the rules of the Shout family that my kids could say what those are? It's worth setting aside the time, guys, and putting in the the core values, putting in the what matters to our family name. You are the leader. You can do that. And it's not from this hierarchical, patriarchal ruling with your thumb. No, it's I want to serve and love this family. Let's sit down and talk about this. Where are we going? Who are we? Where are we headed? And you have the opportunity to ask those questions. So do it, guys. Do it. It matters. And you have the power. It's already deeply innate in you. All right, guys, check it out. Every Monday, I put out the Fatherhood Field Notes podcast interviewing great dads. If you're interested in a shorter podcast, I put one out every Friday. It falls under Rebel and Create, so you find it in the same spot, but it's called Craft of Fatherhood, where I discuss a question sent to me by a father. Feel free to email me, net at rebelandcreate.com, anything you'd like me to talk about in relation to fatherhood. Um, I have a goal. I am about to hit my 100th podcast at the end of October, and I want to have 100 iTunes reviews by then. 
The iTunes reviews really helps as men are searching for podcasts, for parenting, for fatherhood, that this one will rise to the top. And I just, I put a lot of work into this because I think the conversations are valuable and I want more men to hear it because I think it can help them embrace their own adventure of fatherhood. Thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do truly matters. Do not be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in the craft of fatherhood. Talk to you next time.